Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and today we're talking to musician, writer, public speaker, and inspirational transgender leader, Ryan Casada. Ryan's been speaking about gender dysphoria, being transgender, bullying, and his own personal transition from female to male, including surgery in 2012 when he was only 18 years old, and much more than that. Ryan teaches by example how to stand up for yourself and live authentically right now. Ryan's uplifting energy can be felt from anywhere, even here on Zoom. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Now you've helped so many different kinds of people and you started speaking to groups about bullying and trans matters at such a young age. What made you such a spokesperson? Yeah, um, what made me such a spokesperson is I... Honestly, I had to be. I was being bullied in school. There was no one out as trans, especially no young people. I didn't know any other trans people. And I either was not going to go to school anymore or I was going to speak and fight for my rights. And I, I chose to speak and fight for my rights, which ended up changing my entire high school. But that's, that's what I had to do to uh, survive high school and to get to go to high school. Where'd you grow up? What, what area of the country? Yeah, I grew up on Long Island, New York. <laughs> Was it a big, a little like people knew who you were? Yeah, I, um, I went on the Larry King live show when I was 15. So I went from no one really wanting to associate with me to everyone wanting to have a friend that was on TV, but it was super fake. So, yeah, my life changed overnight, but I went on that show to talk about being trans and it it changed my life and it changed a lot of other people's lives too because at the time like I didn't know any young trans people. Like there's no one my age that I knew. And when I went on that show, I had hopes to just reach one person that was my age that was trans and then maybe we could connect and be friends and I wouldn't feel so alone and they wouldn't either. After I went on that show, I received hundreds of letters from all over the world from trans people of all ages, but a lot of young trans people. And I realized, wow, I'm not alone. They're not alone. And, and all the letters wrote that, like, I thought I was the only one. Like, I'm so glad I saw you. That solidified me knowing my purpose in my life. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to speak. And I started speaking at high schools and colleges all over the country and I knew that the the purpose of that job is to destroy that job is to no longer need to have to speak right because we get to equality so that's what I do and I've, I've been doing that I've been speaking on zoom to people now <laughs> but I still you know I, I'm I use my platforms to spread the message so that people know they're not alone and people could become educated about this community that's so marginalized and so oppressed. Oh, that's so great. Just in case there's anybody listening that doesn't know what trans is or means, do you want to just give a definition if the whole thing is to not be defined, but do you want to tell? Sure. Uh, to me, trans means basically anyone that's not, that doesn't identify as cisgender. So they don't identify with the gender that they were assigned at birth. 
that's what trans means to me. And people will say different definitions, but there's trans, there's non-binary, there's all kinds of umbrella terms. And I think all of us relate in the way that our body maybe doesn't make sense to us or it doesn't make sense to the people around us. And that feeling of just not identifying with the sex that we were assigned at birth. And so when you received all these letters, when you're here, you are 15 and here's you, you're, you're hoping to get one friend and you get hundreds. What did you do with that? I kept all of the letters. I still have them. I just, I wrote back to all of them. I wrote back to every single letter and some people became pen pals. We had a, a trans meetup in Manhattan and we had like 30 people in like 2009, like it's, that was unheard of for young trans people to be in a group that big, like that was unheard of. And things like that started happening and I started to form a community. That must've saved so many lives. Was everyone pretty open with each other? Yeah, it's like people were like, you know, I, I wanna get on hormones, I want top surgery and my parents aren't accepting me. How do I come out at school? How do I get my teachers to call me the right name? And we all had these common problems that no one else was having, you know? So we had this common thread that unified all of us. And like the trans community, like everyone in the trans community feels like brothers, sisters, siblings. Like we all feel like related in some way because of how much our lives are similar those the feelings are similar whether our paths of medically transitioning or expressing our genders are the same or not and how about your family they must have been fairly accepting if you were able to go on the larry king show and so on yeah i mean not at first uh it was it was really difficult for me at first my mom took about a year to come around me and my brother begged her to let me go on the show and she had to go on with me and at that time she was calling me the wrong name and pronoun still, still referring to me as her daughter. So that was, it was difficult, but she allowed me to go on the show. We convinced her that it would help people and it did. And my dad took about four years and it was, it was extremely hard for me for a very, very long time. A lot of people in my family didn't accept me. There, I still have some family members in my extended family that just, they will not call me the right pronouns. And it's, it's been over a decade, like, call, I'm calling you all out, like, <laughs> like, you know, it's been over a decade, it doesn't take that long to learn a couple words, you know? Well, if they haven't gotten it by now, I venture a guess they're not going to. They don't want to. Yeah, no effort. Yeah. So how have you seen the community evolve over the last 11 years? Well, we went from, like, when I came out, no one knew what the word trans was. No one even knew like transgender, like not many people knew. So it's like, I was like, I'm transgender. People would be like, what is that? Like people did not know most people. So now like when you say trans people know, like most people know what trans is. So that's like how far we've gone in terms of visibility and people knowing about the trans community. And I mean, now I see trans people every, everywhere, like, you know, we, we we see each other and there's events and there's support groups and there's a lot of celebrations and there's also a lot of mourning, but there's a lot happening for the trans community. 
and there's a lot there's centers popping up for trans people insurance covers surgeries now like they didn't you know my surgery my insurance like wouldn't even look at it you know so it's just like things have have changed in a very positive way and i think that's as more people come out as there's visibility as more and more people in the world are are knowing a trans person in their life you know so you had top surgery in 2012 you want to first give a definition for top surgery in case anybody doesn't know what that is yeah top surgery is basically the reconstruction of the uh, developed female chest to be flat to be you know to mimic a male chest or be a male chest uh, stereotypically so yeah I got mine in 2012 also at that at that point when I got top surgery there was only six surgeons in the entire country to choose from and now there's hundreds so things are different wouldn't any surgeon any plastic surgeon do that I don't people didn't learn it people didn't want to you know Hmm. yeah that's interesting and is that controversial I don't even know is that to me that's just like okay that's would be part of any kind of surgery is that controversial I I have no idea yeah I mean I suppose it, it is yeah I mean Trans people are turned away from a lot of of things, even still, you know, from adopting children, from just going into a restaurant, from climbing in the industry, you know? So it's like, it's it's still hard. It's still a steeper mountain. I feel like uh, there's a lot of trans people depicted on TV shows and in movies and everything. It it seems more mainstream, maybe because I'm in LA, but I don't watch a lot of TV, but it just... Mm -hmm. There's a lot more depiction these days. Yeah, there is. So what's the most common question that you're asked about? Well, I would say when I speak at like high schools, they ask what bathroom I use. And then, you know, it turns into this whole thing of safety and that it's still extremely scary. And it's, you know, fight or flight for public bathrooms. And I would say, yeah, that's like probably the thing I get asked the most. And also like, People want to know if I'm on hormones and why I'm not on hormones and all of, you know, it's just like, why are you not being completely binary if you use he, him pronouns? And it's just like, oh my God, like, just let me live my life and walk my path, you know? Well, that yeah. would, you could say that to anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quiffy and judgy and let everybody walk their own path. So which bathroom? I mean, why is that an issue, the bathroom? The bathrooms are, you know, they're secluded and... People are so weird about bathrooms, how they have to be so gendered and all of that. And like I use the men's bathroom like 90% of the time. I have used the the women's restroom when my hair was longer and when I'm in like a more conservative place in the country when I feel unsafe and I'll just like go in with whatever gender friend I'm with for safety reasons. But yeah, it is a place where trans people are attacked, chased out of, I've been chased out of bathrooms. It's, you know, it's a scary place and it could be very dangerous, especially because of how secluded it is. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. What's the biggest obstacle you've overcome? Was it telling your parents or is it other things later in life? What do you think at this point in your life? Yeah, I would say, um, Getting sober young is probably the biggest obstacle. I struggled with addiction for 
many years. And then I got sober when I was 20. And, you know, it was it was rough at first. And now it's pretty easy. But it was really rough at first. And with that, like my anxiety came out more and all of that. So I've had to deal with a lot of mental health and doing therapy and stuff to, you know, be able to just live a a pretty normal life. (laughs) What made you get sober? I was, I started seeing it affect my career. And I was, I just wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. I, I didn't really have the drive anymore. I just, you know, wanted to escape, right? And I realized like, hey, I could like do more with my life. And the addiction got pretty bad while I was living in San Francisco and my friends were starting to really be like Ryan like you know we we need to help and my friends intervened a few times and eventually they you know helped me to get sober that's nice that's good blame being trans and being addicted do you see that lifestyle going hands in hand or just the the statistics are higher for trans people to develop addictions for sure and that's because of a lot of oppression from society and i i guess that did contribute i do think that my anxiety also plays a big part i've had anxiety since i was a very little kid i had my first panic attack when i was 8 years old that i can remember so it's just like you know i think that is probably the main factor is is mental health I'm sorry, how do you know you had a panic attack? Like you specifically remember, and I'm not, I'm not, I I think that's incredible. Do you remember being a specific situation when you were only eight and having a panic attack? Yeah, and it was actually, I was using the bathroom at my school and uh, it was actually my eighth birthday. So I already felt like overstimulated and overwhelmed with having to do certain things and, you know, just the pressure of having to have a good birthday and, and all of that. And I, yeah, I was in the bathroom at my school and the, all the tiles on the floor were like moving and from, you know, my brain just freaking out, being overloaded. And yeah, I, I, I remember I, I just freaked out and I couldn't eat the rest of the day. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was, you know, I didn't know what it was. I just thought oh, I'm feeling really weird. And then later, and you know, when I was an older teenager, I realized, oh, it's it was a panic attack. Yeah, no, it's so sad. At least you know. Mm-hmm. What would you tell somebody having a hard time and going through tough times? Do you have certain things that you do, or routines that when you feel yourself like going into the rabbit hole or spinning or anything else that you do so that, to feel better? Yeah, I think self-care is super important. I think everyone should have like a self-care routine or things they do when they're feeling just like mentally overwhelmed. And uh, some of the things that I do are like I walk a lot with my dog and we'll go like hang out at a park or read a book and that sort of thing. Also, just like listening to music and singing some happy songs or dancing, you know, just getting my energy back up. Those things help a lot. And just remembering that like, it's okay to take a break from, from work, from whatever, like it's okay. And as humans, we, we need that. We need a pause. We need to pause and, and stuff. And I'm a big believer in meditation and prayer. And that's also helped me a lot. And, you know, there's 
a lot of people that you could reach out to and whether that's your friends or even like people on like uh, Reddit have helped me too anonymously. <laughs> that's great. So do you have any sites on for meditation or do you have a specific type of meditation you do? I use the Headspace app, which I really enjoy. And then I do a lot of silent meditations as well. And yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's good to just pause, even if it's just for one minute. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I know. I, I was doing meditation recently and I was like, when is this over? I opened my eyes. It was only an eight minute meditation. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so glad the election's over tomorrow. <laughs> or a les- who knows? I know this will air after election day, but today tomorrow's election day we don't know if we'll know anything but anyway just you can feel the electricity in the air i think Mm -hmm. and i love that just getting out and walking the dog and doing all of those things i was i I just wrote a blog about i i was telling you before this whatever we focus on grows and Mm -hmm. um i was looking at all these dog pictures just make myself feel better and then i look and and then i looked at your uh, i think it's your most recent video mm-hmm. you, the gender binary and it made me so happy <laughs> so how long thank you, you yeah it just it made me happy i just that's it i just thinking about it is making me lighter and happy I, I would encourage anybody to look at ryan's and, and i'll put some links and stuff and you can send them to me and my website and stuff but how long have you been doing music and clearly you get a lot of joy from that yeah I've been doing music since I was six so like two decades now and I've been playing gigs since I was 13 and yeah it's it's the biggest thing in my life it's my it's the constant in my life it's the thing that's always been constant since as long as I can remember and I mean, I definitely, like, I miss playing shows. Like, that's that's been, like, the worst part of COVID for me and lockdown is not getting to play shows and, like, not getting to go out and play my music and feel the exchange of energy from the crowd. And I think that's, uh, yeah, it's been a, a real bummer this year to not be able to do that. My tour was canceled. I was supposed to start touring the week of the shelter in place. So (laughs) a lot of people, I know so many. Yeah. So what are you doing instead when your tour was canceled? Like, how did you cope? What are you doing? Yeah, it was it was really hard for me. I had an album. (laughs) My album came out too, like during the shelter in place thing. Of course, like I was supposed to be touring on it, you know. So what I did instead was I had all this time now that I wasn't on the road and a few of the gigs I did on Zoom, but it's, you know, it's not the same. So I started to write an album in the middle of the shelter in place and I wrote an album and I learned how to record myself since the studios are closed also. And I, yeah, I got to have a different experience, which led me to creating in different genres because now I have like recording at home is so much different because like when you're in the studio you're like paying by the minute and at home like I could mess up as many times as I want I could experiment as many times as I want like it's not costing me anything besides like the electricity of powering it all up so (laughs) significantly cheaper so you pivot Mm -hmm. 
and are you having fun with it at least uh, I, yeah i'm having i'm having a lot of fun and i'm i'm honestly like surprised at how it's coming out i'm really happy with what i've created and i'm excited to finish everything up i'm i'm finishing it all up now so i'm hoping for uh, a release early to middle of next year that's so great thank well, you congratulations thanks so do you have any messages of hope to anyone who's having a hard time just getting out of bed in the morning? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes like for me, it just comes to acting opposite. Like we have to just, you know, do what we need to do every day. And like sometimes for me, when I'm feeling super anxious and I want to act a certain way that doesn't align with my long term goals, I'm like, no, like act, act in the way that aligns with your long term goals. Or just take a break today, you know, don't act on it. And that's what I, I try to live by that every day and just try to be in acceptance of what's happening in the moment and know that like, you know what, it's, it's gonna be okay. Things will shift like they've always shifted. Uh, right now, everyone is going through this. None of us are alone going through this. We all, you know, we're all going through it and we're all feeling isolated and alone and not getting to do our jobs and, you know, not being able to go to school. And it's hard for like mostly everyone right now. So no one is alone in any of this and just keep moving forward. And that it's okay to take a break sometimes and just stand still. Yeah, just breathe through it. I mean, the only way through is through, but mm -hmm. yeah. Are you in a relationship? Yeah, I've been in a relationship the past uh, couple months, a what do they call it the corona romance the romance or something <laughs> say wait a couple months that means you you met the person uh during this time mm -hmm. Good. yeah that's great are you surprised at where you are right now in life or lockdown yeah, your life yeah i mean i wasn't expecting all of this when i started playing guitar at six like i didn't I didn't think people were going to listen to my music. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that I was going to have a following across the whole world and get to meet so many awesome people and people are listening all over like every day. It's it's incredible. And it's, you know, it's it's not as big as like someone on the top 100 charts, but it's like for me it's it's big, you know. It's I was this extremely shy, anxious kid my entire childhood and I'm able to go on stage and, and pour my heart out in my songs and be authentic and honest to everyone. Yeah, that definitely comes across in, in the music videos that I was watching. It was, I mean, like I said, it was just so uplifting and fun to watch. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you've overcome so much. It just seems to me it's you exemplify the anybody who no matter how down they are, plenty of people are very, very down right now. Yeah. You exemplify the example of it passes. We can get through it and you have no idea what your life is going to bring. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't look at, look at Ryan, you know, like mm -hmm. It's just you're such a great example of we have no idea of what's in store for us. And yeah, it is. Yeah. I, things improved significantly for me over the uh, the quarantine, for sure. I was really depressed in the beginning 
and yeah, I got through it. I thought, you know, every day I was like, oh, another day of this. Like I can't, I thought I couldn't like keep going, but I did and I just kept going and I got out of it and slowly it faded away. Yeah. What are you looking forward to next? Besides your album, you have your album hoping to come out next year. Mm-hmm. What am I looking forward to next? Hopefully a new president. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back on the road and traveling and touring again. And I know it's not forever that we're going to be locked down. So eventually it'll happen. Yeah. Is there any other message of hope that you didn't get a chance to address? Uh, I just like to say, stay true, stay you. I love that. All right. So, Ryan, thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. I'll have some links to how you can reach Ryan on the website. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and can take into your week the messages Ryan gave us of self-compassion, openness, and resilience to keep going and nurture that dream. Be sure to tune in next week when behaviorist and podcaster from The One You Feed, Eric Zimmer, joins us discussing his endless quest to understand how our minds work and how we can learn to create the lives we want to live. Eric and I discuss creating a life beyond your dreams and tools for maintaining sanity during these crazy times. Eric has great advice for anyone having trouble maintaining consistency for everything from exercise to getting started on that book you want to write. Whatever it is, he's a plethora of information, so don't miss it. Until next week, please remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review, and send us feedback on our website, 52weeksofhope.com. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.